Uh, we will be in First Peter this morning. That's going to be kind of toward the back of your Bible. If you find the book of Hebrews, just keep turning a little bit, and eventually uh, you will get to Peter. Hebrews, James, then First Peter. So if you can find one of those books, you're getting close. First Peter chapter 3, starting in verse 8. We'll read verses 8 through 16 this morning. The title of today's message is Enduring Evil, uh, Doing Good, and Defending Your Hope. That's kind of a long, a long topic today, but that's the things that we are going to be talking about. Uh, we will conclude 1 Corinthians. We've been in 1 Corinthians for quite a while. Uh, we were kind of saving the last few verses. They were kind of hanging on. Uh, we hadn't forgot about them, but Lord willing, next week we will uh, conclude the book of First uh, Corinthians, and then we will uh, talk about where we're going to uh, go moving forward in the next uh, few weeks to come. Uh, what we will be doing starting next month, kind of get everybody's uh, mind thinking about it. It's next month we're going to we're going to have missions months. We're really going to focus on uh, missions. We'll be watching some different videos on different missionaries. Uh, we'll also be taking up the Margaret Lackey uh, offering next month. That that offering, all the monies for that go to the state of Mississippi. And so uh, we'll be kind of having a focus next month on uh, missionaries and mission work. And so uh, if that's something that interests you, I'd encourage you to be here uh, next month. Our sermons, most of them, uh, will, will be along those lines. We'll be talking about uh, missions work. So that's just a little heads up of what's uh, coming up. Let's read through the text, then we'll pray, and then we'll jump in. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8. Now finally, all of you should be like-minded and sympathetic, should love believers and be compassionate and humble, not paying back evil for evil or insult for insult, but on the contrary, giving a blessing since you were called for this, so that you can inherit a blessing. For the one who wants to love life and to see good days must keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. And he must turn away from evil and do what is good. He must seek peace and pursue it, because the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their request. But the face of the Lord is against those who do what is evil. And who will harm you if you are deeply committed to what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness, you are blessed. Do not fear what they fear or be disturbed. But honor the Messiah as Lord in your hearts. Always be ready to give a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. However, do this with gentleness and respect, keeping your conscience clear, so that when you are accused, those who denounce your Christian life will be put to shame. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you this morning, and I thank you for these words. God, there is so much good stuff in your word today, and I pray that you just let the Holy Spirit speak to us, that you would speak through me, dear Lord that you would fill my mouth with just the right words to say, that I won't ramble on, dear Lord, but that you will you'll guide my words, that you'll guide our ears, that you'll guide our hearts, dear Lord, that we learn from what your word says here. I pray that you just speak to us. I pray that you keep us from being distracted from things of the world. And I pray, God, that you would just humble me. I pray that you hide me behind the cross as I preach and teach this morning. And I pray that you would be glorified. I pray that, that Jesus Christ will be preached in this place, dear Lord, that our hope is in nothing else. 
So God, I pray that you help us to see that and be able to defend that, dear Lord, as yours, as your children. God, maybe there are some in this building today that are not your children. They haven't put their hope in Jesus Christ. God, I pray that through these words today that the Holy Spirit will convict them, will speak to their heart. And I pray, God, that you just do a mighty work through your words this morning. To, to you be the glory, dear Lord. In Jesus' name I pray it. Amen. To understand kind of what these verses are talking about here, uh, Peter is addressing some, uh, some Christians that are in the area that is referred to as Asia Minor that we see sometime in the Scripture. Now that would be what is modern-day Turkey. Now that would have been uh, a little north and kind of wrapped around the Mediterranean Sea uh, from where uh, the nation of Israel was, where uh, most of Jesus' teachings and most of the time of the apostles would have been spent in that area, but they kind of uh, ventured out, and there were other cities and other places that a lot of these books in the New Testament uh, were written to. And this letter that Peter wrote was to uh, some Christians uh, that would have been in the area of Asia Minor. Uh, it was several different groups, several different places. It's very possible that this letter that we read here uh, would have been given to several different, different groups of people to read. Uh, it was for their encouragement, and it was for their instruction. Uh, these Christians that this letter was being written to, uh, they were facing persecution. Now, this was nothing that was uncommon for uh, the early church back in those days. So we see persecution of Christians in our world today, uh, and this is nothing new. This has been going on since the time of Jesus. If they did it to Jesus himself, who was a perfect uh, human being, a perfect son of God, who lived a perfect life of, of love and compassion and gentleness... If they would do that to Jesus, if they would persecute him, if they would uh, hang him on a cross, if they would take his life, uh, the scripture says that the same thing will happen to us. If they come against Jesus, they will also come against his followers, those of us who are Christians. The early church uh, knew that very well. Uh, there were many who were coming against the early church. We see uh, Peter denying Jesus. We see uh, the disciples fleeing from Jesus when he is arrested in the garden because uh, they are afraid of what might happen to them. Uh, they don't want to admit that they uh, have been associating with, that they are followers of Jesus Christ because that leads to difficult times. Now, we can understand that if you're a Christian in this room today, you understand that sometimes we face difficulties because we are a Christian. Now, maybe we aren't persecuted in the same way as the early church or some of the people we see in the world today, uh, but, but at the very least, sometimes uh, we are made fun of. Now, while that suffering uh, pales in comparison to some who are being beaten and being imprisoned, both in the Scriptures and in our world today, uh, we face some persecution to some level. Uh, especially nowadays, it seems like that, uh, that at least in the United States, uh, for a time it seemed that uh, there were many people who were proud to profess to be Christians. And there were many Christian values that people seemed to live by. Uh, but nowadays, uh, to be a Christian is to be in the minority. Uh, there are many who oppose the teachings of the Bible. There are many in the world who don't want to hear about Jesus Christ. You can preach and teach about anything you want to except for Jesus Christ. People don't want to hear the truth. This is nothing new to us. As Ecclesiastes says, there's nothing new under the sun. <coughs> People didn't want to hear the words of Jesus himself, and they don't want to hear you and I talk about Jesus. Well, the people that Peter is writing to are people who are Christian people and they are facing difficult times. 
And Peter starts out the book by talking about the hope that they have in Jesus Christ. That they don't forget that that hope that they have received through Jesus Christ. That in the midst of their sufferings, in the midst of their hard times, don't forget who Jesus Christ is. Don't forget the Lord that you serve. Don't forget that He is victorious. Don't forget about the resurrection. Now we've talked about the resurrection in the last few weeks and uh, the end of 1 Corinthians and chapter 15. That that is crucial. That is key. That's what separates uh, Jesus from every other leader. He did exactly what He said He was going to do. He conquered death. He was the very Son of God. He was in the grave, but the grave could not hold Him. Therefore, He is resurrected. He is victorious over death. He is victorious over sin. And through His grace, when we come to Him and accept that sacrifice He made for us, we are forgiven. And so therefore, we have hope. We don't have hope like the rest of the world, as the Scripture would say. Uh, we have hope in Jesus Christ. We don't put our hope, or we shouldn't put our hope and our, and our trust in things of this world. They will let us down. People will let us down. Everybody at some point in time, will let us down. But ultimately, when we speak of God, He is not going to let us down. Even though we may have sufferings in this world, don't lose heart, because we've got something better to come if we have put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. We have got an eternity where we won't have to worry about sin and suffering and sorrow. And so as we, we, we think about the book of 1 Peter, I would encourage you to read it if you get a chance and see for yourself all the advice that Peter gives them. In some ways, we can understand uh, what it means to suffer. And there may be other ways, though, as we live our life that we may learn in a much deeper way what it means to suffer. Our suffering as Christians may get much worse for us in the United States. We are very blessed there are many places in the world where you uh, can't publicly uh, preach and teach Jesus Christ. We are blessed that we can come in this room today and feel relatively safe and we can preach Jesus Christ and we can praise Jesus Christ. It may not always be that way. There may be a time in our life, perhaps we won't always live in this country, perhaps God calls you somewhere else, or perhaps it's right here in Liberty, Mississippi, where we can't take a stand for Jesus Christ or else we will face harsh persecutions. That's hard for us to wrap our mind around those things, but we need to be mindful that, boy, the devil is, 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 is doing a mighty work in this world. Now, he's deceiving a lot of people. And there may be a time where we're facing such sufferings as the people that, first, uh, that Peter is writing to in First Peter. But, but even still, while our sufferings may not be extreme, uh, there are times as Christians that we have to suffer. And we have to suffer mistreatment. People who, 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 who mean us harm. People who are mean to us. People who argue with us. People who tell us we are crazy. People who tell us we are lunatics. People who make fun of us for trusting in Jesus Christ. People who say, oh, you believe in all that junk. Well, yes, we do. We do believe in God's Word. We believe it's the inspired Word of God that God gives to us so that we can learn and so that we can grow in Him. And oftentimes in this world, we, we face people who are not kind to us, who are not nice to us. Maybe we're not persecuted in a Christian sense, but at the very least, we've all encountered someone who is hard to love, someone who is difficult, someone who mistreats us, or someone who does us wrong. Someone who does evil to us. That's what's happening to the people in First Peter. That helps us to understand a little better maybe these words that we are reading today. 
Now, Peter was telling the people, look, in the midst of evil that's being done to you, if people are persecuting you, if people are, are doing mean things to you, you know what Peter tells them to do? He says to do good to them in return. Now, that is totally counterculture. That is totally against what most people in the world would say. And we would have more of the mindset of an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, as some of the people in Jesus' day had. But Jesus has correct them. He said, look, you've heard it said that, but I tell you to love those who bring harm to you, hurt you, those who are your enemy, those who hate you. Now, that's totally opposite of what the world would tell us to do. But Peter tells us here in, in 1 Peter that we are to love those who do evil against us. Now, we are to endure that. We are not supposed to retaliate in and, and return. Instead, we are to do good to them in return. Now, at the end of chapter 2, beginning of verse 3, Jesus uh, uses, or excuse me, Peter uh, uses some examples here of how we are supposed to act. He uses some examples of slavery. Uh, someone who may be a slave and have a master who is mistreating them. Uh, Peter would say, look, even if you're being mistreated, do what's right. He uses another example. He talks about husbands and wives. He said, maybe you're in a marriage, wife, and your husband is mistreating you. Your husband is doing you wrong. But love him. Do good to him in return. And maybe, just maybe, Peter says, you will win them over. Not by the words that you say to them, but by the actions, by the way that you live your life, by the good that you do to them in return. Now, I believe that those words are true not just in marriage, but in life in general. That, that sometimes maybe we, we say, boy, I'm, I, I don't know the Bible very good and I can't stand up and I can't, I can't quote a lot of scriptures or I can't preach and teach very good to people that I encounter and I don't know what to say. Well, Peter tells us, at least he tells the wise, and I believe it's applicable to us too, that sometimes it's not about what you say, but it's about how you treat people, especially if people are being mean to you. Our world expects uh, when someone does something mean to someone that that person will, uh, will lash out in response to retaliate. When someone comes against you, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, if someone wants to get in your face and argue with you about Jesus or about anything, uh, they are probably expecting you to jump back on them. And it really catches people off guard when they do something mean or they say something mean. And you say something kind in response. You show love in response. People aren't sure how to respond to that many times. Because many people have never experienced true love, even from Christians. We need to be careful. We are, uh, we are followers of Jesus Christ. We are his example uh, of, 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 of his love, or at least we should be. If the world is going to see love in anyone, it should be a follower of Jesus Christ. Now that takes work on our part. That doesn't come to us naturally as human beings that we want to love people. Maybe to some degree that's within us. Uh, but it's also within us that we want to lash out and we want to argue and we want to kind of fight back. And we don't want to be mistreated, especially if we've not done anything wrong. But Peter would tell the people that he's writing to, you're being mistreated. I know you're being mistreated. But don't forget who you trust, Jesus Christ. Don't forget the hope that you have in him. Therefore, follow his example. We have no better example in this world to follow of what gentleness and love and humility is other than Jesus Christ. There is no example better than we can follow. 
He is the perfect example of people who were continually coming against them. He was continually showing compassion to those. He wasn't avoiding those who were evil. He was speaking the truth to them. He was around the sinners, speaking the truth to them in love. And he was his desire was that people would turn from their sinfulness and that they would turn to the Lord. He showed his very love in the greatest degree by giving his life on the cross. Peter would call the people that he's writing this letter to to do the same. God's word would call you and I, who are Christians, to do the same. To follow that example of Jesus Christ. Now a good place for us to start is to pray. If we are a follower of Christ, to say, God, look, I need you to help me in this way. I need you to help me to be humble. I need you to help me to bite my tongue. I need you to help me to be kind to those who are evil to me. I need you to help me when people are coming against me just to keep quiet. I need you to help me to not only keep quiet, but instead of lashing out, I'm doing something good for them in return, blessing those people who come against me. It's not something I don't think that comes naturally to many of us, but I do believe that it's something that if we really seek the Lord, if we really seek Him and we really desire to do good, as we see in the text we just read, that God will help us with that. That if we really seek God, if we're really in His Word, if we're really praying to Him, if we're really trusting Him, then God will help us over time as we mature as Christians uh, to be able to be a little more humble. Of course, we can't help but be a little more humble and a little more loving. If we are growing in our relationship with Christ, if we are becoming more like Him, we are going to do those things. And he says in verse 8, Now finally, all of you should be like-minded and sympathetic, love believers, and be compassionate and humble. That's what we just talked about. That's what God calls us to do. That's what Peter calls the people to do here, and that's what he calls us to do as Christians. We need to make sure uh, that we are doing that. Are we loving our brothers and sisters in Christ? Are we like-minded? Now that doesn't mean that we agree 100% on every situation that comes along. Uh, But we need to be like-minded at the core of doing uh, the mission of Jesus Christ, of of going out and making disciples as Jesus calls us to. We need to be like-minded of, look, God is calling us as Christians, as a church, to serve, to build up His kingdom. It it should be our desire to build the kingdom of God, to lead other people to Jesus Christ so that they can become part of that kingdom, so that that kingdom here on earth uh, can be seen by those who see us, who can see not our good deeds and good works so that we get glory, but can see the light that is within us, the love that is within us, the kindness that is within us so that God will be glorified, so that God's kingdom will grow here on earth and people will grow in the Lord here. In verse 9, not paying back evil for evil or insult for insult, but on the contrary, giving a blessing. That's tough right there. When someone insults us or someone comes against us with something evil, the first thing that we want to do is usually not bless them. We might want to bless them out. Oh, I blessed that person out. That person blessed me out. That's not what this verse means when it says to bless them. It means to do good to them in return, to be kind to them. You know, we are probably, some of you possibly, maybe are reminded of the Sermon on the Mount uh, where Jesus talks about uh, those who are gentle will be blessed. He, he gives a lot of qualities that the believer should have and says that those who do these things will be blessed. And gentleness is one of those blessings. Perhaps that's what uh, Peter is referring to here. Since you are called to this so that you can inherit 
a blessing. In Matthew chapter 5, I'll turn there. You can turn there if you want to and read it. It's just one little verse I'm going to read. Uh, Matthew chapter 5. Verse 5, the gentle are blessed, for they will inherit the earth. Now, perhaps that's the, uh, the thought that Peter was referring to uh, as, he, as he mentioned that there would be uh, something that they would inherit, that they would inherit some sort of blessing by giving a blessing. Uh, those are good things for us to read as Christians, by the way. If you ever get bored and need something to read, Matthew chapter 5, uh, reading that Sermon on the Mount and, and seeing who Jesus called blessed may be uh, beneficial to us. In verse 10, uh, Peter begins to quote from Psalm uh, 34. We see the Psalms quoted uh, from quite uh, frequently in the New Testament. And here, Peter uh, quotes from Psalm 34. He says, For the one who wants to love life and to see good days must keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. If we want to do good, if we want to do good things for the Lord and, and be a good example for the Lord, uh, one of the first places that, that we need to start is with our tongue. We see that mentioned in the book of James. This is not an uncommon uh, uh, thing for us to see in the New Testament. We see it on a few occasions that we need to watch our tongue that we need to watch our lips, that we need to watch the things that come out of our mouths. I could have avoided much trouble in my life if I would have learned and, and, and still need to learn, still trying to learn and master that, uh, keeping my mouth shut. Because we always have an opinion, we always have a thought, or at least I do. We always have something we want to say. Uh, and, but, but the Word says here that we need to learn how to, how to bite our tongue, so to speak, how to keep our lips closed so that we don't speak anything evil, so that we don't stir up situations, so that we don't escalate an argument that may come when people do evil to us, but that we just learn to keep quiet. Again, we need not look any further than our example in Jesus Christ. As they arrested him and were going to nail him to a cross, Jesus didn't say a whole lot. And there weren't many words uttered there. He did ask the Lord to forgive the ones who were doing that to him, that's pretty powerful, talking about blessing those who do evil against you. Boy, I tell you what, we serve a wonderful Savior who shows us what love is and gives us the example. And we should, if we are his followers, seek and desire to be like him. We should never say, well, I just can't, I've been, I've been speaking my mind, that's just the way I am, that's the way I've always been, and God will just have to like me for who I am. Well, that's... that's you need to read your Bible a little more. We don't want to have that kind of attitude. We should never be happy if we're, if we're uh, using our mouth to cause trouble or cause dissension or to, uh, or to speak evil back to someone who speaks evil against us. We should never be content with that. That should never be our desire. We should never be happy about that. Uh, we should desire to seek the Lord and ask Him to help us to control our mouths. In verse 11, and he must turn away from evil and do what is good. He must seek peace and pursue it. Uh, if we are involved in evil or if we are tempted to do something evil, we need to turn away from it. Again, that might be difficult. Those temptations that, uh, that Satan may uh, put into our mind are, are, are strong sometimes. A temptation is a difficult thing. Uh, the devil even tried to tempt Jesus at the beginning of his ministry. And if he tries to tempt the very Son of God, guess what? He will try to tempt you and I too. We will be tempted to do many evil things. 
That's why it's important for us when we pray, Lord, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. If you ever get to where you don't know what to pray, or just in general, the Lord's Prayer is always a good place to start. After all, that's how Jesus told us how to pray. And many of the things that we talk about today have talked about uh, if, we, if we say the Lord's Prayer, we are covering these things that are uh, important to God, the things that we should be focused on. If we are tempted to give in to evil or speak evil, we need to turn away from that evil and seek peace and pursue it. Sometimes it's difficult to be a peacemaker. Of course, the Sermon on the Mount says, Blessed are the peacemakers. That's what Jesus calls us to uh, sometimes by keeping our mouth shut or by not retaliating against those who do evil against us, uh, we may bring the peace that is needed. If we act out and we do evil, though, we may escalate a situation and cause things to get worse. As Christians, our goal should never be for things to get worse, but we should always work toward things getting better. Even if those people may be coming against us and we are innocent, it's not up to us to worry about them. It's up to us to worry about us and how we react to them. In verse 12, Because the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and His ears are open to their requests. That's a beautiful reminder to those of us who are, who are serving the Lord, who are walking in the Lord, who have been made righteous through the blood of Jesus Christ. And God is looking upon us. God hears us when we call out to Him. Praise the Lord for that. If you're a Christian, you probably call out to the Lord a lot. You probably pray to the Lord a lot. If you're like me, you probably struggle a lot. Say, God, help me to keep my mouth shut. God, help me not to think that. God, help me not to do that. We are constantly, or I am constantly, calling out to the Lord. And it's beautiful to know that God hears us. But the face of the Lord is against those who do what is evil. There are times in Scripture where may the face of the Lord shine upon you. That's a beautiful thing. We see that reference in uh, Numbers chapter 6. There, it's a good thing when the Lord's uh, face is upon you in a good way, uh, but it's a bad thing when it says the face of the Lord is against those who do what is evil. Similar to what we talked about the other night. It's a wonderful thing when we are in God's hand and He is protecting us. It's a horrible thing when God's hand is upon us. It's a similar thought here when we see, look, God's face is upon those who are righteous, those who are following Him, those who are obedient to Him. God sees us. God hears us. But those who are doing wicked, God turns His face from them. Now, I don't know everybody's heart, but I hope that nobody in this, in this room will leave today and be one of those who are living in a wicked life, who are living in sin that is unforgiven because you've never come to Jesus Christ. I hope there are none in this room today that God's uh, face has, is against in a, in a bad way, in a, in a way that's going to bring punishment and judgment one day, but that we would all turn from our sinfulness, accept Jesus Christ, be forgiven, be made righteous by His precious blood, that God would look favorably upon us, that God would hear us when we call to Him. And who will harm you if you are deeply committed to what is good? Now, if we are committed to doing what is good, I don't believe that that's a guarantee in that verse that there will never be any harm that will come to us. But generally speaking, if we do what is good, we, we'll be We'll be, good. we'll be well off. Usually if we do what is good, things will work out. People won't come against us. But with that being said, even those who do good will sometimes suffer. 
It goes on to say in verse 14, But even if you should suffer for righteousness, you are blessed. Again, probably another reference to the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, blessed those who are persecuted. Blessed those who are persecuted for righteousness, it says in the Sermon on the Mount. And Peter reminds here, look, if you do what is good, there's a likelihood that you probably won't uh, be persecuted or suffer as much. But even still, for those of us who are living for the Lord and are doing what is right for the Lord and are standing up for Him, in this day and age, it's, it's very likely that we will still be persecuted. And if we are, even if you should suffer for righteousness, you are blessed. That's a hard thing for us to kind of wrap our mind around. It's hard when we're in a really difficult time in our life and, and people are against us and treating us wrong. It's hard for us to look at that as a blessing, but that's exactly what Jesus says we are if we're being persecuted for righteousness, that we are blessed. We may not fully see that blessing here in this life, but we will experience it more abundantly than we could ever imagine when we are with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Do not fear what they fear or be disturbed. Now, he's quoting from Isaiah, I believe, chapter 8 there is where he's quoting from. Uh, some of your translations may say uh, something, uh, 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 don't, don't be fearful of them. Uh, in my translation, it says, do not fear what they fear or be disturbed. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's neither here nor there, the differences in the text there. But the point is that we need not fear those who come against us. We don't need to fear those who come against us because he who is in us, that is Jesus Christ, is greater than he who is in the world. And there may be those who come against us. They may be those who bring hard times upon us. But we don't need to fear those because we know that one day justice will be served. Those of us who have put our faith in Jesus Christ will be delivered. And those of us who have rejected Jesus Christ and lived in their wickedness will be punished. In verse 15, But honor the Messiah as Lord in your heart, or sanctify Christ. That is, set Christ apart. Uh, put Jesus Christ at the center of your life. Jesus Christ needs to be at the center of everything. He needs to be uh, the center of your life. He needs to be set apart uh, from everything else in your life. He is something special. Jesus is not like everything else. He is to be set apart. We are to give Him our praise. We are to give Him our worship. We are to seek to serve and follow Him as best we can. Always be ready to give a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason or the hope that is in you. Now think about the hope uh, that is in you. Think about the hope that is in you. We need to be able to give a defense to those who come against us. Now, I don't think our defense needs to be some big long theological thing where we have to be masters of, of the text and be able to write them a 30-page a thesis about the gospel and, and quote a 200 scriptures. I don't believe that that's the kind of defense necessarily that, that Peter is talking about here. Well, we should learn God's Word, and if you uh, learn a lot of scriptures and are able to use those and quote those, <coughs> praise the Lord for that. Uh, but, but we need to be able to defend, to defend our hope. And what is our hope? Think about that for, uh, uh, as, as a Christian. If you're in this room and you're a Christian, uh, what is your hope? I wrote down a few things that are my hope. Uh, one of the hopes that I look forward to is no more pain and no more suffering. Boy, I, I hope for that day uh, when it comes that we won't have any more pain and we won't have any more suffering. I have hope that that day will one day come. 
I have hope that one day I will get to see Jesus Christ because He is victorious. He has conquered the grave. He has conquered death. He has given His life for me. And my hope is that one day I will get to see Him. My hope is for all evil to be gone. My hope is that there is one day going to come a day where there will be no more sin, where there will be no more evil people, where there will be no more loss of life. Well, I will never have to be separated from those that I love again, that I don't have to see those around me depart from me and be gone forever. My hope is that I will one day see those who have gone on to be with the Lord and that when I see them again, we will never be departed again for all of eternity. My hope is for justice to be served. I would love if everyone in this world would turn to Jesus Christ. Wouldn't this world be a wonderful place if we all were followers of Jesus Christ, we accepted Him and we followed what His words said? This world would be a beautiful, wonderful place. But sadly, there are going to be those who have rejected and will reject Jesus Christ. There are those who do evil and horrible things. And while I wish that they would repent, I know that there are many who will not. I hope that justice will be served. I hope that one day justice will be served. And I hope for death to be gone forever. Now these are the things that I have my hope in. I have my hope in Jesus Christ because of His death and resurrection. I have hope that one day all of these things will come to be. And that is my hope. That is what I put my hope in and what Jesus Christ has done. When somebody asks us, hey, why do, you, why do you follow Jesus Christ? Why do you love Him? Why do you put your faith in Him? Why do you put your hope in Him? Well, we don't have to give a big, long answer. We could give an answer that's as simple as because He loved me enough to give His life for me on the cross. Because He forgave me when I'm unworthy of being forgiven. That's why I put my faith and hope in Jesus Christ. It could be something just that simple. We need to be able to give a defense, though. So when those who come against us, we can tell them just the simple truth of what our hope is. It's that Jesus Christ is victorious. It's that He's conquered sin and that He loves us and offers us forgiveness of sins so that one day we can depart this horrible world where there's all this evil and we can go to a beautiful and wonderful place and be with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for all of eternity. And that's what my hope is. And that's probably what many of you hope for if you're in here today and you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Verse 16, However, doing this with gentleness and respect, keeping your conscience clear, so that when you are accused, those who denounce your Christian life will be put to shame. You know, it may be easy for us when people come against us and they begin to, uh, to mock us, to mock our Savior, to mock Jesus Christ, to, to, to say that the Bible's a bunch of lies, to say that that's not of God, to say that, that, that we're a bunch of lunatics. It, it may be natural for us to lash out to them. But Peter says, look, be able to give a defense for your hope and do it with gentleness. Do it with respect. I believe that there are probably not many people who are going to be reached by us if we are yelling and screaming and kicking and pointing our finger at them. But I do believe that there are many people who will be saved if they see the love of Jesus Christ. 
if we tell them, let me tell you. Let me tell you about the hope I have. Let me tell you about the love that I've experienced in Jesus Christ. And we do so gently and with love. That's what the world needs to see. There's a lot of harshness. There's a lot of fighting. There's a lot of evil in our world today. But there's also a lot of love in our world today. And as Christians, we are the ones who are to bring that love into the world. So if you're suffering, if you're struggling, if someone is coming against you and giving you a hard time, if someone is hard to love, if somebody hates you, you love them anyway. You be gentle to them. You be kind to them. And you say, I can't do it. It's too hard. Well, pray the Lord. Pray that the Lord would help you. It may take days. It may take weeks. But keep seeking the Lord. Ask Him to give you that gentleness and that kindness and that love that you need so that as you go into the world, people can see the love that's in you. and It gives you an opportunity to tell them, the love that's in me comes from Jesus Christ. Let me tell you about the hope that I have in my Savior. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you this morning and we thank you for these words. And God, it's tough. It's tough when people come against us and are evil to us. It's tough, dear Lord, when people mock us and mock you, dear Lord, and, and, and come against you and come against us as your followers. God, it's tough. But I pray that we would be gentle to them. Dear Lord, that, that it may not even be any words that we say to them. It may just be how we act, how, how we respond, how we love them, how we're, how we're good to them, dear Lord. It makes the difference. So I pray, God, that as we go out into this world, that you give us strength to be good followers of you, dear Lord, that we can endure evil and that we can do good and that we can tell people about the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. God, we don't have to be Bible scholars. We don't have to memorize the Bible front to back. All we have to know is Jesus Christ, dear Lord. God, I pray that if there is one in this room that does not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, Maybe they've never accepted Him. Maybe they've never thought they needed to, dear Lord. Maybe today they're convicted. Maybe today they realize that they've put their faith and hope in the world. There is no hope in the world, dear Lord. This world is passing away. But Jesus Christ is forever. Jesus Christ offers forgiveness, God. And I pray that if there is one in this room that has not experienced and accepted that forgiveness, that today that they would do so. I pray that you give us strength, dear Lord, as we go out into this world. We read your word, we know your words, and we want to live by them, hopefully, dear Lord. Give us the strength to do that. Give us the strength to turn away from evil and to pursue peace. Give us the strength to do what is right, even in the midst of what may be done to us that is wrong. And I pray, God, that as we close today, that if you've put something on somebody's heart, maybe you've convicted them of something and they just need to come to you and, and pray, God. I pray that they would come to you and bring whatever it is before you. And God, maybe there's one in this room that needs to put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ that wants to be his follower. God, I pray that today that they would make that decision in this time of response. In Jesus' name I ask these things. Amen.